welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we're talking about what happens if my tenant can't pay rent. Now, this is a bit of a different take today because instead of this being a resource for landlords and property investors, I want to make it a resource for tenants. Now, here's the thing. At the moment, rents are going up and there are some pretty serious cost of living pressures here in New Zealand. Prices at the pump are up, the petrol pump that is. Prices <laughs> in the supermarkets are up. So there is a reasonable prospect that some tenants may struggle to pay rent. So what we're going to talk about today is what are some of the things that they can do in order to help them get themselves out of that sticky situation where they can't pay rent. And what sort of conversations can you have with your landlords? Now, I want to do this for two reasons. First of all, this could be a really good resource to share with your tenants if they are struggling. You know, you might like to share this podcast with them, say, look, here are some ideas. Here's the government support available. And then beyond that, this is also for you landlords and investors out there, because here are some of the things you could suggest to your tenant and the processes you can use if they are late on rent or find that they are struggling to pay it. So just for any tenants, let's assume, who are listening to this, and maybe this is the first Property Academy podcast they've ever listened to. Just so you know, my name's Ed, this is Andrew, he's a financial advisor, I'm an economist, and every day we record these episodes to help people get better with property, and hopefully, you know, I realise it might be a really tough time if you are struggling to pay your rent, but hopefully we can give you some really good ideas today about things you could practically do to try and resolve this situation. Now, what's your tip number one for tenants here, Andrew? Tip number one. Unlike Ed, when he's using his internet browser at the weekend, don't go incognito. So, <laughs> <laughs> you like that one? Did just you? the weekend? <laughs> if you're going to be late with your rent, just let your landlord or property manager know as soon as possible. Look, these things absolutely happen. I'm sure Ed's been late on rent payments. I'm sure when I was a tenant, I was late on a rent payment. That's just life. But ignoring the issue doesn't make it go away. In fact, it probably makes it worse because your landlord or property manager gets frustrated because they haven't heard from you. And then they have to follow the process of issuing notices and then it go to the tenancy tribunal. And one thing I'd just say as well, if you're a tenant, you're probably getting 14-day, maybe 21-day notices. So you might get in your letterbox some pretty scary notices that say, hey, you've got to pay your rent, you haven't done it, you've got 14 days to rectify the situation. Hey, look, that does not necessarily mean that your landlord- It's all over. Or, or that your landlord or property manager are grumpy with you, you know, I mean, they might be a bit frustrated and you can probably understand that, but, you know, they legally have to send you these notices to get this sort of thing resolved. But the key message, what would you say, Andrew? Is make sure you keep everyone informed of what's going on. Don't just ghost the problem. Yeah, let them help you. Now, my second tip is that you've got to let them know, is this going to be an ongoing issue or is it a one-off? Now, let me explain what I mean by this. There are some really good reasons why you might usually be able to afford your rent, but actually this week or, or this month, I really can't for whatever reason. Now, that could be because there are costs that just crop up that you don't expect, like car repairs. Car repairs, you can't necessarily anticipate them, and fixing your car can be really expensive. So if something unexpected has happened, it's understandable that, hey, look, as a one-off, you might not be able to afford your rent on one specific week. Now, that's a different issue than if it was an ongoing basis. So if you have a change in circumstance, for instance, there is a change in your income, maybe your partner's had a baby, so you've gone from two incomes down to one income, or you've had to take time off work to care for sick loved ones, 
times or you're sick yourself, that might change your income or expenses, which means that actually the property you're currently in, that's no longer affordable for your situation. So the first thing to understand is, well, if you're late, if you're struggling, which one of these is it? Is it more of a one-off, look, you're going to be fine in six months' time, or is it that it's an ongoing issue? Because that's going to change how you respond. So let's say it is a one-off. So what can you do as a tenant? Well, I didn't even know this until we put this in my show notes. There's a thing called the rent arrears assistance where the government will actually give you up to $2,000. You do have to pay it back, but you do not have to be on the benefit to qualify for it. So the way it works is it's basically just like an interest-free loan. And there are income tests. So if you're single, that's $62,000 per year. If you're a couple with no kids, then it's $88,000. And there are some asset tests as well. So if you're single, excluding your car, you can't have more than $8,100, pretty unusual number of cash in the bank. And you do need to be on the tenancy agreement. So this doesn't work if you're a flatmate. So if I've moved in with Ed and Kelly and I'm boarding with them, doesn't qualify. And you can get this only once every 12 months. Now, if you meet that criteria in your head or you want to check the criteria, then jump online. You go through work and income, we'll link for this in the show notes, or just Google rent arrears assistance and it'll come up. And this could be really, really cool for those people who need a bit of help. And it's good because then the government's the one that then becomes your lender as opposed to your landlord. Now, let's say you don't qualify for government support in this instance. So let's say you earn over those income caps or you've got too many assets. Well, this is where you can come up with a payment plan with your landlord. So this is where you ring them up and you say, hey, look, really struggling. Can we put a payment plan in place? Now, they can can say no. So don't call up your landlord and say, well, these guys on the podcast said we're going to come up with a payment plan because they can say no to that. But this is something that often happens. And landlords are usually pretty good about this because look, although people rip into property investors in the media, we're not as bad as we're probably made out to be. I mean, at the end of the day, we don't want to kick people out of their homes. We just want to make sure that the rent that's been agreed is being paid. And I think that's a pretty reasonable expectation. And I think the thing to remember is most landlords have mortgages. So it's not that they're just going to take that money and use it on an overseas holiday. Go to the casino. Yeah, that's going straight to the bank most of the time. And so that's where, in some cases, a little bit of money or some of the money is much better than none of the money. So if a tenant of mine contacted me and said, hey, look, I can afford $300, but I can't afford $500 this week because we've had this major catastrophe, I'd take the $300 and worry about it later. 100%. So we're actually going to get into that as well when it comes to an ongoing issue. But in this case, let's say that you are a week behind and it's $500 a week. Well, you might decide, hey, look, can I pay an extra $20 for the next 25 weeks and I'll make that up, that that money that I have missed on this instance. Now, the benefit behind that, of course, is there's no asset or income tests because you're making this agreement privately, but the landlord doesn't have to accept it. But again, if you've been a good tenant, if you've been pretty low hassle, if you've been looking after the place and the landlord probably doesn't want to kick you out, this could be a really good option, but just don't feel like you are entitled to it because again the landlord doesn't have to say yes. Now Andrew just walk us through what's going to happen 
if there is a private arrangement with your landlord like we're talking about right here. Now, if you do have a private arrangement, then your landlord is going to apply to have a fast-track resolution through the Tenancy Tribunal. And again, Tenancy Tribunal might sound a bit scary, but these guys are just kind of the arbitrators are going to make sure that it's all recorded. So they'll let the tribunal know what's been agreed e.g. $20 a week for six months starting in one month's time. You'll get a call from the Tenancy Tribunal confirming that that's what's agreed and then it's locked in. It's all done. Okay, but let's transfer and say, well, that's if it's a one-off. What if I can't afford this rent ongoing? Well, the first step again is government support. So there's what's called the accommodation supplement. Now, this is when the government will give you money to help you pay rent. Now, you might be wondering, well, how much can I get? Well, it's somewhere between $55 a week and up to a maximum of $305 a week. Now, just so you know, at the upper end, that's if you're a couple with two kids and you're not earning very much money at all. So the amount you can actually get really does depend, but it's somewhere between $55 and maybe $300. Now, you don't have to be on a benefit to get this already, but again, there are both income tests and there are asset tests. So you have to earn below a certain amount and you have to own below a certain amount. So from the income test, max of 63k a year for a single person, but if it's a couple with two kids, it's just over 100k asset test, same as what we talked about earlier. Now, the best way to check this, because the test of what you can actually get, it's actually really hard to figure this out, you know. And I was sitting down, you know, on my computer really trying to figure this out. And I'm like, I know I'm not stupid, but this is really confusing. So the best way to do it is to go to check.msd.gov.nz. I'll put this in the show notes. And producer David, just remind us to put these in there. And then you can put in all of your details and it will tell you what you possibly could get. Now, again, maybe I just messed this up because I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I put in some details of someone who would qualify for an accommodation supplement. And it actually told me that I wasn't able to get anything. But I was, And I was like, but I put in all of the details that would mean that somebody could get it. But always worth picking up the phone, maybe to WINS or maybe the CAB, somebody like that, who can help you figure out what support you might be able to get. But let's say, again, you can't afford the rent on an ongoing basis, but you don't qualify for additional support. What could somebody do then, Andrew? Well, I think the first thing is to maybe look at your budget. And again, I'm not saying that anyone that's in this situation is just managing their money poorly, but sometimes it can help to get a second set of eyes. So budgeting services available through WINS or Citizens Advice Bureau. But assuming you've got no ability to reduce your expenses or increase your income, then I would probably then look at breaking the lease and finding somewhere else because you're going to ask yourself, well, what can I afford? Because this will be, I'm sure, the thing that keeps you awake at night. So if your rent's 500 a week and you can only afford 400 a week, then maybe you talk to your landlord about wearing $100 a week or perhaps taking it out of the bond. Now, for landlords here, just be careful. If you agree to something like this, just make sure there's no other damage in the property before you go agreeing to using some of that bond to rent arrears. But if everyone agrees that, yeah, the house is in a perfect state and this is just an unfortunate set of circumstances, then obviously getting $400 a week is better than getting no, no dollars a week and then help your tenant and tenant find yourself 
yourself somewhere where you can actually afford and it's not going to put a ongoing pressure on you. And of course, then landlord, be good landlords and give your tenant a good reference for the new place. And I think for, for tenants out there, this is where I call it providing a solution for your landlord. You know, if you could come to them and say, hey, look, can't afford the $500 a week. You know, I've had a really unfortunate change in circumstance, whatever that happens to be, that means that you can't anymore where you could in the past and saying, but I can do something. I do want to give you something. I want to uphold my end of the bargain to the best that I'm able to do because I've signed a contract and I told you I was going to pay 500 and it's unfortunate that I'm unable to do that at the moment. You know, and if you can tell them, hey, look, this is what I can do. God, they'll be so much more appreciative. And then when you're applying for your new place, this is really important, then you can put your landlord or your property manager down as a reference. If my tenants came to me and said something along these lines, and then they put my name down and the new landlord where they want to rent called me up, I'd be like, hey, look, it is really unfortunate that they had to leave my place, but you know, really appreciate the way that they've handled this. These are the sort of tenants that you want who are going to communicate with you and try to find a way to hold up there into the bargain. And look, just lastly, let's say that you as a tenant, you do use some of your bond to pay off the rent arrears. Then the one thing you just need to probably think about is, well, how am I going to get my bond for my next place? And again, there is some limited government assistance where they can pay your bond for you, but there are some even stricter income tests. There are some stricter asset tests. You do need to pay it back, but you can find that all pretty easily online. But look, let's just summarise this, Andrew. And again, this is a really unfortunate situation, but if there is a tenant listening to this or a landlord listening to this who wants to you know, give some support, help their tenant out, what's our general approach we would suggest here? First off, I think that... Like like all good relationships, communication is key. You could take a leaf out of this book, Edward. Second is figure out if this is a one-off or, or if this is an ongoing situation. If it's ongoing, that's going to change your path than a one-off. Thirdly, check out if there's some government support for this. And fourth, if there's not, can you negotiate a solution with your landlord? Can you work out something where you pay a little bit less now and you make it up later on? But the key thing is find a solution that works for everyone. And I think, again, Landlords are people too. Like, we're pretty normal people, we like to think. Well, one of us is. (laughs) You figure that out for yourself. And the other thing is the vast majority of landlords have rented before or still do, like in my situation. So, look, we're not here to berate you. We're not here to make you feel bad that something unfortunate has gone on. That means you can't pay the rent that you thought you were going to be able to afford. We just need to know what's going on and we need to be able to work with you to find a solution either to pay back what's been missed because you have agreed to it in your contract or to help you move on and find somewhere that actually is affordable for you. So those are probably the key things. And again, hopefully this will be a really good resource for tenants who are struggling and landlords, please do feel free to share this podcast with your tenants if they find themselves in this situation. Hopefully these are some ideas that they can practically go ahead and do. Right, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time, 